0: Hello, and welcome to the Wellness for Life podcast, where we bring you inspirational stories, engage in discussions on relevant topics about the health of body, mind, heart and soul, as well as other positive content designed to enrich your health and well-being journey. I'm your host, Karina Stewart, founder of Kamalaya Wellness Sanctuary, chief wellness officer, and master's in traditional Chinese medicine specializing in women's health food for healing and mental and emotional well-being the wellness for life podcast is brought to you by kamalaya wellness sanctuary and holistic spa in thailand an internationally acclaimed multi-award-winning destination retreat nestled amidst granite boulders on an idyllic tropical landscape and encompassing sunrise and sunset ocean views on the southern coastline of Koh Samui. Renowned for holistic wellness programs that are results oriented, promote vibrant health and revive your connection to life's infinite potential. Kamalaya offers personalized journeys for lifelong wellness. In today's podcast, we will be speaking to Sandra Ray, known the world over as the mother of rebirthing and her husband, Marcus Ray. Sandra has more than 30 years of experience in metaphysical study, helping many overcome negative thought structures, birth trauma and habitual family patterns by teaching her clients how to make lasting changes through her powerful practice known as liberation breathing. In November of 2022, Sandra will host one-to-one sessions at Kamalaya Wellness Sanctuary on Koh Samui, where she and her husband Marcus will guide guests on a profound journey of healing through breathwork. This practice sparks the release of emotional trauma and physical pain, anxiety, depression, fear, and much more. In preparation for Sandra's and Marcus', Upcoming visit to Kamalaya, we sat down together to explore and learn more about the powerful benefits of breathwork. Hello, Sandra and Marcus. Welcome to Wellness for Life podcast. Through the years, and at an early age, breathing practices came into my life through meditation originally, and at a later stage, I came into contact with your work in the '80s, Sandra. And it was so powerful and it was absolutely life changing. And I'm really thrilled that we get to have this discussion with both of you today and to learn more, not only about liberation breathwork, but also breathwork at large and what's possible and what people can expect from this powerful practice that you birthed. (laughs) Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what breathwork is? actually?
1: Well, there's all kinds of different breath works going on in the world, you know, and the breath work we do, which was originally called rebirthing, is done in a special way. We breathe in the upper chest, in the lung area, precisely because we're trying to heal the damage done to the breath mechanism at birth when we cut our cord too fast and then we were choking on the amniotic fluid and our first breath was traumatic. So, Most people are sub-ventilating. They're breathing very shallow in their life. That's why they're not healing their body or not rejuvenating themselves. So we do a breath uh, that's connected. In other words, you pull on the inhale, relax on the exhale, and there's no pause. So that's the secret to the rebirthing breath. Uh, And because there's no pause, then the energy accumulates, and we're not using it up by doing yoga postures or jogging. So the energy accumulates and accumulates, and then it goes into the body and cleanses the cells. And so this type of breathing, it's very important to do conscious connected breathing with no holding at the top and no holding at the bottom. And when you breathe like for 30 minutes straight like that, you go through a lot of different experiences and changes. And your subconscious comes up to your conscious so that you can change these thoughts
0: that are in your subconscious. There's no question that it absolutely, um, how should I say, catalyzes a lot. Not just physically. You really start to feel the accumulation of chi, but also emotionally, exactly what you're saying. you just thoughts. Get amplified emotions start mm, rising up it's like turning up the temperature i had always um through the years i've i've experienced breath as the bridge between spirit and matter between you know our consciousness our thoughts conscious and unconscious the more subtle subtle parts of who we are and then the body and it's such a powerful um tool, bridge, amplifier. I mean, it's. I just can't imagine the things that have come into my life through breathwork that wouldn't be there without it. So I really, I I, thank you. And what would you say? I mean, just to kind of break into it um directly like when we think about pranayama from the yogic traditions versus liberation breath work how would you compare it not not that we have to compare it but just for people to understand a little bit how things might be different in one practice or the other
2: well pranayama means that you hold the breath you know you breathe in so many counts through the left nostril and then you hold for a certain number of counts And then you exhale through the right nostril. And then you hold for a number of counts. There's really kind of eight parts to it. So it's very controlled. It's very specific in how you do it. Um, Liberation breathing or rebirthing, as we used to call it, is also specific. uh, But it's much simpler. There's no holding of the breath. There's no... um, uh, conscious control. Actually, we tell people to let go of control. That's the key to this kind of breathing. Like Sandra said, you're not burning up the energy with a yoga pose or an exercise or even mental concentration. You you know, with with, uh, pranayama, sometimes you can get caught up in the mental concentration of controlling the inhale and the exhale and that sort of thing. But with this circular smooth rhythm deep connected breathing you're trying not to control it at all more or less you're trying to get a rhythm going and then just get into that rhythm like a kind of a flywheel and keep that wheel just spinning and then just observe your mind and see where your mind goes Mm -hmm. so it's really a breathing meditation um it has it has the same healing qualities that other breathwork has it has the same uh spiritual physical mental healing qualities that pranayam has but it's just it's a much more simple process um you know Sandra's teacher is is Mahavatar Babaji and he had told her that this type of breathing is the new kriya yoga because people in the west don 't they don 't have the patience they don 't have the time they don 't have the concentration to do some of these older uh, yogic breathing processes, so the new kriya yoga is rebirthing, he said because that's all, uh, where people are on the run, very busy, they don 't have time to you know sit and meditate, but they do have time to breathe
0: from what you 're saying it 's a more accessible form of breathing practice to for most of us and also at this time where you know so many people um, lack the time but also lack the focus to have the very structured uh breathing practices that are under the category of pranayama right or even in the qigong practices also they're very structured and so this is uh, uh much more accessible to to anyone really and and I don't want to say easy, but um, it's available with the benefits are available more readily than the more structured ancient practices that take a long time to actually build up a level of expertise. It seems to me from my own experience and from what you're uh, sharing. What are some of the main benefits that you have experienced yourselves, and have seen with, I mean, thousands, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that you have been sharing these practices with? What can people expect, for example?
1: Well, first of all, it helps release any tension and pain you might have in your body. Uh, You know, I had a pain in my body for years after my father died, which started when I saw him dead in the casket. And I couldn't get rid of it. I had it for years and nobody could help me. And then after two sessions, this pain I had for 13 years totally disappeared, you know. So it also will uh, help you go as far back down as your birth trauma. So whatever trauma you had when you were born and everybody had some, even in a normal birth, there's a lot of trauma. And so you can even go down to your birth. And that's the original research we did is how your birth trauma affects your life, affects your relationships, and affects your body. We are all trained to help a person go all the way down to their prenatal thoughts, which we call pre-verbal thoughts we formed in the womb. And when you were coming out of the birth canal, everybody formed a lot of negative thoughts. So we know how to get people way down to those thoughts, which are pre-verbal, and then they get such a big release from that. So it's not only a healing, the body it can heal anything that's going on in your life. So we are always working on whatever problem anybody wants to work on. It could be a healing that they need, a physical healing. It could be a healing in their relationships that they need or in their career. You know, whatever their trauma or problem is, we're able to locate the negative thoughts that are suppressed that are creating this trauma. Very good for any trauma release that you've had in your childhood. Uh, it releases pain, it releases disease, it releases trauma, and you learn to relax at a much deeper level. You know, most people can't relax because their birth trauma is suppressed in their body. So that causes a lot of unwanted tension. So that's what's so unique, I think. And uh, all breath work is very good for releasing tension and so on, but most are not trained to take your way down to your birth trauma like we are so that's one of the real benefits that we offer and you know maybe we even go to past lives now Leonard Orr was the founder of rebirthing and I was trained by him and I was one of the first people he ever tried on so I tried it on so I was there from the beginning and he had a very unique that he offered the world which was what he called the five biggies which are the five most negative consciousness factors so we always work on those one is the birth trauma two the specific negative thought structures like your worst thoughts about yourself which we call personal lies then there's the parental disapproval syndrome all the disapproval you got from your parents when you were little and then there's unconscious death urge all your programming on death and other lifetimes. So um, as breath workers
0: and rebirthers, we all we all are trained to deal with these five biggies. Yeah, it's it's very, it, I mean, it seems like it really um, goes deeply into some of the psychological root issues affecting people that allows them to come up and be resolved. I'm wondering, as you were speaking, I was thinking um, uh, of the level of trauma that we have all Gone through in these last two and a half years in the sense of experiencing something unprecedented for most of us, unless we've been through a war, um, with the uncertainty, the prolonged uncertainty with, you know, lockdowns, with the threat of death to loved ones or friends or perhaps even to ourselves. So these, this, this whole, um, umbrella pandemic, uh, crisis has created a lot of shock and trauma for people. And if nothing else, just the prolonged uncertainty is, very difficult for the psyche to handle unless one has been trained for it. And so I, uh, at Kamalaya, we, have, of course, are seeing more people with anxiety than before, with insomnia than before. And I'm wondering what what impact do you feel this type of breathing uh, uh, would have on anxiety, for example?
2: How do we deal with people's anxiety and people's, you know, concern about the future well, we deal with that like we would any other negative thought. Uh, I think you have to understand uh, how the system works. You know we we store experience as memory. like if we have a bad experience or a traumatic experience, it gets kind of recorded uh, in our mind, but it also gets recorded in our cellular memory like like the mind. The, the body, mind, spirit is a continuum. There's no like division, you know, that separates body from mind. So if you have an experience and it's stored as memory, that's stored in every cell of your body. So, and this could go the same for an anxiety that comes up. Like, let's just say during the pandemic, that anxiety is in every cell of your body. So how do you deal with that? I think it's a good question, but. We deal with it the way we deal with all the other problems people have. What happens is because the memory is stored in the cells, you have to have, you can work on the thoughts to get people clear on, oh, yeah, what's their biggest fear that would happen? Uh, what are those thoughts around those fears? You know, what's their uncertainty of the future? You can get them really clear about that and give them thoughts to change it. But then what do you do with those memories and those feelings that are in the cellular memory? So this is where the breathwork comes in. Because as you're breathing and you're you're infusing your system with more, uh, not just oxygen. You know, the yogis would call it prana. It's like uh-huh. a deeper, more subtle energy. It's a healing energy that produces life. Like everything that's living, even even a rock would have prana in it. Okay, so you're infusing more life force. You're infusing more pranic energy. Where does it go? Because you're not burning it up with yoga postures or, or exercise or jogging. It goes into the cells and it expands the cells. So as the cell is more relaxed from the breathing and it begins to like think of it as a balloon that doesn't have enough air in it it's kind of shriveled the more negative experiences we have the more our our cells shrink until finally we have so many negative experiences and our cells are so shrunken we die so what is this process of breathing doing? It's, it's infusing the cells with more prana, more oxygen, and they begin to reverse. They begin to expand. So as they expand, these, these memories held in them begin to release. So they come up for you to look at, but they also begin to release. So let's just say you have an anxiety about the pandemic. That anxiety you're having is related to a former anxiety you had that was stored in the cells. And this pandemic is just activating it. It's just triggering it. So what we're healing is the memory from way back, could be even past lives, could be your birth trauma, could be uh, the uncertainty you felt in a divorce. You know, so those memories are getting activated
0: have a mentor and he says, you know, the, the past is alive in the present. You
2: know, we never,
0: we never, I mean, it's very difficult, let's say to fully, uh, like there is no past. The present is infused by our past. And the more we're able to, um, work with that in various different ways, the less of a charge, let's say, or the less of a pull it'll have in a given moment by, by a given trigger. And I, I really do agree that, you know, um, our history, um, comes alive in the present by different stimulus. And the pandemic was a huge stimulus. And so, you know, depending on our childhood and, 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 and ver- various experiences in the past, it would color the present. I want to pick up on something, um, from the perspective that I have, um, um, been studying you know being a doctor of chinese medicine but one of the things that has fascinated me is the nervous system but it interfaces really well with the yogic path or the um you know spiritual path of practitioners in asia let's say also tai chi masters qigong masters which is that the breath is one of the most direct ways to impact our state of consciousness and change um the nervous system and the autonomic nervous system. So through the breath from Western medical science, you literally can change from a fight or flight or freeze response, right? Where the nervous system is stuck in sympathetic dominant mode and we're in a stress mode, survival mode. And through breath, including like very simple, 10 abdominal breaths, just very simple. We can drop cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone, right? Right down and, begin to shift into a healing response where the parasympathetic nervous system is dominant. So that's right from science. And when you mention Sandra, you know, that upper lung, upper chest breathing, when you notice people are in fear or anxiety, the breath is blocked, right? Exactly right up here, you know? So it's it's like a very direct route to start affecting and opening and relaxing and shifting the nervous system. Like there's Western science confirming that. But from the Asian paradigm, Of energy. I like what you said very much, Marcus. It's like contraction versus expansion. When you suffuse the body through breathing practices with prana or with in Chinese uh, system, it's called qi. You're filling up and you naturally become more expansive and the healing process and the state of being connected. Not only internally connected, connected to those that we love around us, but connected to the larger consciousness, bigger than ourselves, right? To whatever we want to call that comes from a state of expansion, of, of, of filling up and expanding. So I really, really liked that bridge there. Um, and I think it's really powerful. The repercussions of it. I mean, for me, that, that's why for me, breathing practices, pranayama, qigong, it doesn't matter. It's the bridge. Of expansion of consciousness, of healing, physical, emotional, psychological, and, and of course spiritual. Are there any types of counterindications for people with regard to breath work? You know, are there certain people that shouldn't be engaging in practices that, um, that are intensive breathing practices? Well, a heart condition or is pregnant, we
1: would be very gentle. We would have them maybe lay on their side and do nasal breathing instead of oral breathing. We have oral breathing in and out through the mouth, and then we have nasal breathing in and out through the nose. So nasal breathing is a bit gentler. I would say for psychiatric conditions, I mean, if somebody was bipolar, we would recommend that they uh, get permission from their therapist, you know, something like that. But we have found that. Almost everybody can do this. It's not indicated, you know. We had the pleasure of rebirthing a pregnant woman through her whole pregnancy, and it was so exciting. And then she had an underwater birth, and so it was just wonderful. And that really helps, you know, reduce fear for the delivery. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times women have a lot of pain because they haven't cleared their own birth trauma. So we uh, worked with her her whole pregnancy, and it was just fantastic. So I would say the only thing is we would see if the person was on any medication and if they were going to a psychiatrist, and we would question further. But other than that, anybody can get rebirth. But like you mentioned, you know, a lot of people have a lot of fear in their chest, so they don't breathe very deeply. So sometimes a person uh, has a hard time taking a really deep breath, even in the session. So we have to find out what negative thought are they holding here? And we might ask them, what's the negative thought that prevents you from breathing really deeply? And they might even have a thought, I can't breathe from their birth. (laughs) You know, they might even have a thought, their first thought when it came out is, can't get a breath because they cut the cord too fast. Uh, Or they may be holding some other thought right here. Now, a lot of people just have, tons of fear tons of guilt and tons of anger and you know we found that we need to help everybody get over fear guilt and anger and those yeah, are the emotions those are the three big you know, are
2: three biggies those are the
1: three biggies that we really work on and of course all emotions are spirited, spearheaded by a thought so if somebody has a lot of fear we find out what thoughts that are causing the fear they have a lot of guilt what are they guilty about you know and i think that's what we're very good at, at is helping people get over fear guilt and anger and that causes anxiety in people you know depression depression we can help people with depression depression is usually the unconscious death urge uh kind of a fear of dying or a wish of, to die
2: you know yeah, we find a lot of people have a thought I don't want to be here Right. and that would be a very depressing thought if you had to live with that
1: my very first paid client in 1974 she said to me I just want to kill myself and don't you talk me out of it can you imagine <laughs> I for my first client and then i thought to myself well if she really wanted to kill herself she wouldn't bother coming to me so i said just postpone your suicide i mean she she didn't want me to talk her out of it so i said okay just postpone it for five days and come back and i kept getting her to postpone it and postpone it and finally after her eighth session she totally wanted to live and she became a dancer can you imagine she got married. Amazing. a lot of people heal themselves of depression okay, through this breath work, you know. And people keep telling us that they get more out of a couple of sessions of breath rebirthing than they do out of 10 years of psychotherapy. That's what they tell us. And that's, that's proof in the pudding right there.
0: There's no question that, you know, um, in, in the East, we believe there's a subtle energy body that's really connected to the emotions. So you start working with that subtle energy body through breath, you're going to activate the subtle emotional body, i.e., our emotional state. And as you said correctly, uh, our emotions and our thoughts are really intimately connected. It's, um, it, I mean, they're, it, as you also said, Marcus earlier, it's like the body, the mind, the emotions. I mean, it's, and our, it's, it's very tightly connected. We speak of them as distinct and separate, but that's only for practical application. In reality, they're very unified. And one flows mm-hmm. into the other very rapidly. And I think that liberation reading uh, is deeper
1: because of this divine mother energy that we've added. Oh, it's beautiful. So
2: it basically has three parts. There's the mental processing. And I'll tell you, we're very good at interrogating people. <laughs> we can We can pull out their negative thoughts quite well in about a 30-minute, 40-minute interview. And we can, you know pretty much do a full life review in that time and see where are the emotions and the thoughts stuck and what are the negative ones that are giving them the results that they don't want, right? So we try to kind of unearth that part of their psyche in the interview. And then once we have all of that out on the table, then we start the breathing because the breathing is what's going to help them release that and transmute those those negative energies, and it, it does an excellent job. So we're not so much in charge of what happens during that process of the breathing. That's where we're turning it over to the higher power. And then at the very end, when we actually read the Divine Mother names and recite the mantra, we're really turning it over to the higher power. And we found that that extra... Um, surrender i would say i think that's the only word for it when you're surrendering to that higher power we we've actually seen miraculous things happen as we read those names and say that mantra um we had one lady who's who was very stuck and guilty uh when her father had passed away because there were some communications that that um, she needed to make to him and they didn't happen because he passed, uh, prematurely before she could do that. Well, during the session, and we're saying these names and saying this mantra, it's like this vision of him came to her and asked for her forgiveness or, or gave his forgiveness for this incident. And she had a whole healing in this lap. Five minutes of the session so this invocation and she had this very clear experience with him where this whole incident of his death that was years ago and she'd been carrying it with her for many years got totally healed in those you know three minutes of saying the mantra so that part of it has a very powerful effect on people and it's also where we as practitioners let go We're, we're totally like saying we've taken the person as far as they can go with our mental processing. We've coached them on their breathing. We've got them into this rhythm of their breath where it's really helping them release. But now it's the divine mother's job to take them the rest of the way. And I'll tell you that that last bit of surrender has added so much power to the sessions. You can't imagine. So that's what distinguishes liberation breathing from regular rebirthing. Yes. The yes. act in the end was the divine mother energy. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: It's very, very beautiful. I'm, I'm, I can really appreciate that and resonate with that. My own experiences and journey with rebirthing as it was uh, back then, and then pranayama and breathing practices, absolutely the, the purity of the experience of connection to something much greater than ourselves, the divine, the presence, the Tao, whatever, whatever, you know, different people resonate with the term in a different way. Uh, but it's pretty undeniable uh, when you have the experience, you know, of this incredible state of union and communion. What role does forgiveness play in the breath work and trauma release and liberation breathing practice? He came up
1: with a forgiveness test. We always ask every new client, what's your level of forgiveness on your mother, your father, and your ex and all this, and your siblings? And so zero is no forgiveness. Ten would be total, complete forgiveness. Five would be half. So we ask, what's the, what's the level you get on your mother? What's the level you get on your father, and so on. People get very low scores. Now I don't know. If mother, I don't think a lot of people do this, but it's really important to check the forgiveness levels. They get low thought you know, and, on their parents sometimes, and uh, so then we have to give them an assignment if they have a lot of anger, which would be they're five or below we give them the nine day candle process where they uh light a little birthday candle and drip it on the plate and while it's burning they write all their anger to that person
2: and then they burn that
1: letter and they have to do this for nine straight days and about the seventh day, a lot of the charge goes out people get really good results (laughs) then we also have the forgiveness diet which which is something I came up with because Jesus said you should forgive 70 times seven. And I always wondered why he said that. But then I found out numerology 490 means completion. So we have them work on one person for per a week. Like, I forgive my father completely. They write that 70 times a day for seven days. And it really changes everything when they do that. Then you, the next week, you could work on your mother, or the next week, you could work. So, and we also check, what's your forgiveness level on yourself? And you'd be surprised how low people get on these forgiveness
2: tests. Yeah, I'd like to contribute to that as well because we encourage people to become students of A Course in Miracles. And the Course in Miracles is completely about forgiveness. It's like, it's like a course in forgiveness, really. Um, and what it... Redefines forgiveness as, and I think this is a very important point. You know, forgiveness isn't you did something wrong to me, and because I'm such a wonderful character, I'm going to let you off the hook and forgive you. That is the ego's version of forgiveness. What real forgiveness is, is you see that you had a part in whatever that incident was. It was your vibration, it was some uh, frequency in you, some memory in you that attracted that thing to replay or rehappen. So you are the one responsible for whatever that incident was. It's not about somebody else did something to you, it's about some vibration in yourself attracted that experience. So f- all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. And you have to get out of the tendency to want to blame someone or something outside yourself for the problem. No, the problem originated in you, in your mind, in your thoughts, in your memories, and it attracted that experience to happen. So you have to unravel those thoughts that attracted that that bad experience or painful experience. And it's in the unraveling of the thoughts that made that up that the forgiveness lies. And so they, it may also involve other people, you know, who did terrible things. Maybe they stole from you. We see a lot of people whose parents were abusive, or or even sexually abusive, you know. So it's we're not saying those incidents didn't happen, and we're not saying they. Have no responsibility to clean their part up, but from your standpoint, you can only work on yourself. So taking 100% responsibility is what we teach people. That's also the premise of a Course in Miracles.
1: Yeah, we encourage all of our clients to read the Course in Miracles. So that's that they have to do on themselves. And then at the end of the session, by the way, we give them assignments. Like we might get need book or and Marcus writes a beautiful affirmations for them, which he writes to me. So it's really nice how we work together by the way, because I can interview the person. He takes everything down, he's the scribe, and he writes while they're breathing, he writes them beautiful affirmations and he writes this paragraph uh, which gives a lot kind of well how they after the session? And of course, we hope people will continue to do breathwork as a lifelong spiritual path. If you want to stay healthy and stay happy, it's, it's something you continue to do. And we've been able to do it online,
2: which is great.
1: During <laughs> pandemic, we did everybody online, and it worked.
2: We had been doing it online for years, but the pandemic, we did it more only online. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, we have this saying. Um, until you can walk on water and raise the dead you still have something to clear so keep doing your spiritual practices (laughs) right
0: i i completely agree that we have to we're here you know alive and what are we going to do with this precious experience of being alive and you know we're either growing learning evolving or we're stagnating and again that goes back to that contraction you know stagnating and contraction and chinese medicine Stagnation is the root of everything that goes wrong, <laughs> right? So we just have to, yeah. we just have to, um, you know, recognize that it's a journey. It's not a destination. While we're here, it's, it's the journey. Um, and uh, certainly my life has been powerfully, powerfully enriched by rebirthing. Sandra, you and I met way back in 80, 80. I think it was, um, before it was eighty and eighty one when I was still in university, and then I went to India to meet our mutual teachers, Sri Mahaprabhuji, Hirakam Babaji, and um, yeah, in eighty two. So um, and prior to that, through I had begun with uh, meditation quite young, and it involved a little bit of pranayama, and it has it has been one of the most powerful parts of my life and my evolution and remain so. And I love that there's more and more science from the Western paradigm coming to support it, to support its efficacy in trauma release, to support its uh, the impact it can have on the vagus nerve so that, you know, again, our nervous system rebalances and resets for shock, for trauma, for PTSD, et cetera, et cetera. And We're Westerners, even though our hearts might belong in Asia, you know, in the end, we're Westerners. And the science is powerful and important for the validation. I personally value direct experience equally, um, but it's really lovely to have the the support uh, with the research that's been coming out supporting Breathwork. Sandra and Marcus Gray Will be visiting us in Kamalaya this autumn and will host one to one sessions in Kosamui from the 17th to the 29th of November. You can also book an online personal session with Sandra through Kamalaya Connect for a limited time only. To find out more about it all, please visit Kamalaya.com or KamalayaConnect.com. Our content is made to enhance your life and well being. So, if there is anything you would like us to add for future topics, future discussions, or if you have any feedback, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us. We would love to hear more from you. Please send an email to info at with the subject line Wellness for Life podcast. Thank you again for joining us for this episode.